point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Lockdown Blazers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by the delicious and nutritious Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and get $10 off your first order. Today's show, we're talking a little bit about Damian Lillard's comments about the meaningless games he didn't want to play. He told Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports that he wouldn't be playing if the Blazers were going to play meaningless games. Uh, I mentioned this on the mailbag episode that I posted earlier this week that I thought the story didn't, uh, that, that while I had really strong quotes, I thought it kind of didn't put those quotes in context particularly well. And I think Damian Lord shared that sentiment. He was on Jalen and Jacoby, a ESPN radio and simulcast television show on Wednesday. And he clarified those remarks. Uh, he, he was, he was, he made some comments about that particular interview that was on Yahoo and, and clarified his, his remarks regarding his willingness to play. I kind of addressed this, but I think it's, uh, I think it's important to hear from Damien Lillard because his clarification is much more valuable than mine. So that's what we'll do in the first segment. Hear a little bit from Damien Lillard talking about the resumption of play, potential resumption of play in the NBA. And then to close out the show, we're going to bring on an old friend, Eric Gunderson, the former host of Locked on Blazers current writer for USA Today's LeBronWire.com to talk about some a potential proposal for how the NBA could return at its bubble site in Disney World. But let's start with Damian Lord's comments. I want to play you a little audio from the Jalen and Jacoby interview. I think it's valuable. You get to hear it. Dame explain exactly what he wants from the rest of the season and clarify his comments about meaningless games. So check out that audio right here. Damien, why did you say that you did not want to play meaningless games this season? I mean, I felt like uh, the way the story was written, it was taken out of context because it was a casual conversation. Um, and it was like expletive this, expletive that. But it wasn't a demonstrative statement. I was just saying, you know, we've been off for two months. And if, if we come back, we want to play for something. You know what I mean? So... Um, after this type of break, usually when you come back, you know, especially with how fast we're going to be jumping into playing, you know, I think guys are at risk of injury. Uh, also at risk of, you know, being exposed to whatever because, you know, none of us have been around each other if, if every, if so many teams are going to be in one spot. So there's so many things um, out there that, you know, we could be at risk of. So, I mean, if we're going to do it, obviously as players, we want to play, but we want to play for something, especially. Yeah, if we were in position to to play for that in the first place. Appreciate you being a voice for the players and you guys dealt with some injuries this year. What have some of the reactions been like in your cell phone or on social media since you said that? Nothing really. I mean, I feel like uh, <laughs> it hasn't been it hasn't been much. I feel like um, and one of the reasons I haven't heard from many other players, you know, possibly other guys that feel the same way, you know, they want to they want to play for something. Um, and some people might be looking at it like, you know, it's almost summer. This is usually when it's our break. Um, and if we're going to come back and, and not be able to actually play for an opportunity to continue to play, um, then, you know, I feel like some guys would prefer to just go on about their summer, you know, but I want to play. I've said that many times. I want to play. Um, I just want to play for opportunity to be in the postseason. You know, and I didn't, I didn't feel like that was a bad statement. 
Well, the Trailblazers were sort of in the hunt for the eight seed. And you think of some teams like the Cavs and the Hawks and the, the you know the the Knicks. They're completely out of it now. They might not come back. But if you could sort of design how this season should be restructured, how would you restructure the rest of the season in the bubble? Mm-hmm. If I could, I would you know design some type of play in tournament between between all the teams um, that were in striking distance. Because, you know, Sacramento was playing their best basketball of the season. So was New Orleans. Um, and so were we. And none of those teams were in the playoffs, but we were within striking distance, you know, with enough games left in the season uh, to catch Memphis. So I feel like a play-in tournament would, um, would be perfect um, just because we actually were in striking distance and also had enough games to, to get in the playoffs. But to that point, if – if they did decide that, you know, we just going to go straight to the playoffs, obviously we would all be disappointed. But um, to this point, we haven't performed to be in that top eight. So if that's the case, then fine. But if we're going to just come back to to play games, I feel like that would make it, you know, that would be harder on, on everybody else. So it's clear there from Dame's comments that he wants two things. One, if he wants to come, if, if the NBA is to return, he wants to return in a play-in tournament-style format. He doesn't want to play just four regular season games that don't give the Blazers a real shot. But he's also clear that the Blazers, you know, didn't play themselves into a position to be a playoff team as it currently stands after 66 regular season games. And if the NBA decides to go in another direction, he's he's maybe not at peace, but he understands that, you know, they didn't earn a top eight spot after 66 games, so they might not get all the breaks that they otherwise would have gotten. But I think he's clear that he does what the thing he doesn't want to do for the risks that he details is that coming back and playing games in this bubble and bringing your family members or just bringing even just the team together, which is a relatively large contingent depending on how many support staff and coaches are there, bringing them there for the risks, the physical risks that come with playing basketball and the inherent risks that come with doing anything during a global pandemic is that he wants to make sure the games aren't just uh, fulfilling some sort of TV contract and playing out the string of the regular season to get to 70 or 72 games. He wants real, meaningful, high-leverage games. But Dame is angling for a play-in tournament. That's not everyone's suggestion. In fact, my friend and yours, Eric Gunderson, has a proposal for something that's a little bit different for a play-in tournament should the NBA resume. He'll join us for the last couple segments of the show and pitch his proposal for how the NBA could return in an exciting, creative format. But before we get to Eric, I want to tell y'all more about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. If you've had other protein bar type products, you know that they're not always delicious. Built Bar doesn't do that. They don't make things that taste bad. They make things that taste great. They're soft and chewy, they got that real candy bar texture, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They come in 16 amazing flavors. And they're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. They're great for the health-conscious among us. You're looking in your pantry for a mid-morning snack or a mid-afternoon snack, there's a lot of bad options. Bill Bar is not one of those. It's a delicious and nutritious option. So get your hands on some of these good bars. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. That's promo code LOCKEDON 
for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. But wait, there's more. If you order before the 31st of May, hopefully you're listening to this before then. Get on it. You've still got time. You can get an additional $5 off your first order. That's $15 off your first order. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Check it out. All right, so as promised, we're here talking the second segment with Eric Garcia Gunderson, your friend and mine of USA Today's LeBronWire.com and the Associated Press. Eric, how you doing, man? Doing good, doing good. I mean, all things considered, doing good. I mean, I'm inside, I'm, you know... I'm, I'm clothed. I have food. I'm, I'm all right. You know, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. All things considered. All right. That's listen. We'll, we'll chalk that up as a win for today. Yeah. We, we got to take the small victories where we can these days. Indeed. Okay. So the, it sounds like the NBA is coming back. Like they're going to play basketball games at some point here at the end of July and August and September. There are a, a lot of proposals for how they come back, but you have been uh, I don't know if vocal is the right word because I've mostly been reading your tweets, but you have been active in the promotion of a soccer-style group stage event to restart uh, the league if, when it resumes. Can you just walk us through what that might look like or why you're in favor of it? Uh, well, first of all, I have to give credit to Kevin O'Connor at The Ringer, who was the first one that brought like that idea to life for for readers. And w- as soon as I saw it, I loved it because I love the World Cup. It's my favorite sporting event, even though the NBA is my favorite sport. I think hands down my favorite sporting event to watch is always the World Cup. And so they have a group play system and every World Cup is theoretically at a neutral site, even though they always give the host country an automatic bid and usually an easier group because FIFA is very shady, not like the NBA is immune to that. But (laughs) what I'm saying is, is that – we have a situation where no one has home court advantage. Right. How do you how do you honor the season and give the top four seeds, the Lakers, the Bucks, the Raptors, the Clippers, how do you give them some kind of reward for how they perform in the regular season? And how do you maximize the moment? Because if you just go straight one through sixteen and you have the Lakers against the Brooklyn Nets without KD and Kyrie Irving, nobody's going to watch. Except well, for I will because I love Bitcoin. I'm really right. I'm, I'm into blockchain currency, so I want to see Spencer Dinwiddie get out there and see if my investment vehicle moves forward. There, I, I didn't know that you were investing into Spencer Dinwiddie's Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, that's breaking news. No, just kidding. R.I.P. I don't. I, all right, all right, Peter, the GoFundMe. By the way, he sh- he took it down. Oh, bummer. He was trying any... to raise. I mentioned this on a previous podcast, but uh, for listeners who aren't informed, he was trying to raise twenty four million dollars as a vehicle investment for a blockchain currency to as an investment vehicle for his contract. I don't really understand what all those words mean, but he didn't. He failed. The public funding initiative failed. Maybe next time don't do it in the middle of a pandemic when like 30 million people have lost their jobs. Yeah, I mean, like if you're <laughs> if you sign a long term deal in the league as a Spencer Dinwiddie, maybe just chill in general. Just chill, just go ahead yeah. and chill. Yeah, I mean, he was I mean, what he was undrafted, wasn't he? Or second yeah, round? yeah, I, yeah. I, I believe undrafted and then worked his way through uh, being a pretty good bull to being like a legitimate NBA player. Yeah, no, it, it props to him. But 
In any case, so 1 through 16 doesn't appeal to you because you don't want to see uh, blockchains versus the Lakers. Uh, Or or Bucks Magic for for four games. Like, I mean, there are so many ways where we could get a diversity of games that could almost feel like a regular season, but is also more playoff oriented. And then that would determine the... You could even do like you can incentivize that group stage even more being like the two best group stage teams get a bye week or something like that into the net or get a bye into the next series of the tournament. I mean, there are ways that I can make this more complicated, but really, I just think if they did the four groups of five, the top two teams from each group advance and then you have a clean eight team second round and that group stage takes about as long as the first round if it went seven. Right. Because everyone, at least according to the, I I read Kevin O'Connor's piece as a, uh, to prep myself for this, uh, you can find it at theringer.com slash NBA. Uh, it's one of their top five stories. You, if you listen, if you're searching for it, you'll find it. I believe in you, dear listener. But he proposes every team plays eight games. Is that, is that about what you're seeing? So you get a kind of like a, a slow comeback where you play eight games and not, you know, they're all important, but you could probably lose two and still be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and say like, you know, Anthony Davis hurts his, his hand in one of the games and needs to sit out a game. And uh, you have the the Spurs, if you're the Lakers in your group or something like that. And you think that you can handle them with just LeBron. You know what I mean? Like, like there are ways that I think that this could create interesting matchups, interesting lineup decisions. And also, as you know, this dude, like as someone who covered has covered the playoffs inside and out by game four, all the adjustments have been done. Every single time, like there, by game four, there's almost never a new adjustment that either team can make. It's it just is what it is. And right. You just you was, just can you out? Are you better than them? You know, talent yeah, wise. Yeah, ex- exactly. Can you just like with all the schemes being equal? Can can we beat you? And it's like I kind of like that there's going to be like you have to learn quicker. You have to keep more teams in your mind. It's a little bit harder. And I think it's but at the same time, I think it gives teams like. I disagree that it gives teams like Memphis a disadvantage. Okay, tell me why. Because let's say, okay, there's a chance that they get in a bad group. But how would that be any different than them playing the Lakers in round one? If they get into, like, say, the group of death. Right, group of death, for those of you who are not familiar with the sort of soccer term, meaning the group that is inordinately stacked, which kind of always happens in these group pairings. Um, It's also kind of BS. (laughs) Right, but then there's always, and then there's always one group that is you know, randomly not that great, but you know, the entertainment value of a group of death in the first round where it's like, I would say, let's say Toronto, Boston, Philadelphia, you know, uh, Dallas and Milwaukee, Dallas, da- Dallas and Mil- or Dallas and uh, Memphis or something sure. like that. Sure. Like, so, so something to that effect. And it's like, you, you could, you could, it could be really entertaining. And I think, the fact that you have games every day, I think changing it up would be exciting for me as a writer and I think also for fans to get to see different matchups that, you know, you would only get to see in a conference finals. And for Memphis, anyway, back to the Memphis point, sure. is you get you get game. So if you were playing the first round one through 16, you play uh, the Bucks or something or or maybe you get lucky and you play the, the Nuggets or something like that in a one through 16. I don't know how exactly it's going to go in one through 16. I haven't looked into it that much. But my point is, if you played the Lakers in a traditional one through eight East West format, as they would have if they just went straight to the playoffs, 
they're they're going to max get one game off of the Lakers and they probably won't even get that because they don't have the home court advantage that is like so, you know, the Memphis home court advantage is very, you know, lauded. We all love it. Yeah, what, not, whatever I, they call the grind house now that grit and grind is over. The the yeah. house that everyone with a J name built. Yeah, the the young kids house. The, the <laughs> hype house, maybe we call it. The hype, right. like, like they're TikTok kids or some shit. Anyway, <laughs> so, so we what I'm saying is, is like, Okay, you would have if you're the Grizzlies and you get the same group with the Lakers, you have max two games with, against the Lakers, but then you have six other games against not the Lakers. Meaning you could definitely take those teams down. I mean, it, like if I'm a Grizzlies fan, I would rather play Philadelphia and Denver two times each, or Phil or Den- yeah, Philadelphia and Denver two times each, than play the Lakers four times because I think my chances against Philadelphia and Denver are better. And then you have a team that's worse than you in either Sacramento or Portland or New Orleans. And I think I, I think there's a like and they could actually get to the second round in a scenario like that. Whereas if they play the Lakers, there's absolutely no way. Yeah. I mean I think that's that is fair. But I have I would like to advocate for the devil. And that's what we'll do in the third segment. We'll come back and I will prod you a little bit more on this proposal that you are legitimately excited about, probably for good reason. So Come back with us, third segment. We'll close out the show more with Eric Gunderson. Still pass first point guard. Still locked on Blazers. I'm still Mike Richmond. We're still chatting here with Eric Gunderson of USA Today's LeBronWire.com and the Associated Press. We're talking about a FIBA-style or World Cup-style group stage resumption of the NBA season. Eric gave us his his real excited reasons for why we should have it imploring the lower seeds in the league to see it as an actual bonus for them to have a real chance at, at advancing in the postseason beyond what maybe what a traditional playoff format would give them. But I ask you, Eric, what's in it for the Lakers? What's in it for the best teams? We, I think it's clear you made a, you made a compelling case for me for what's in it for the uh, lower se- the lower seeds. But what's in it? Why is does this? Why would the Bucks and the Lakers sign on for something like this? That's a great question. But I think ultimately the reason that they would is that they won't have home court advantage anyway. Okay. And the group stage format is built with a hierarchy in mind. There are like if there are. Four tier one teams, there's no way the Lakers, Bucks, Raptors, or uh, Lakers, Bucks, Raptors, or Clippers are going to face each other in the second round. Which, if, say, the Clippers went on a cold streak in the regular season and dropped to four somehow, that could have happened in the regular playoffs. Sure. And, and so, like, this is a way of preserving the hierarchy of the top four seeds. And some teams like Boston, who were really close to maybe cracking the top two seeds, you're screwed. But I, I, you still, they still are in a good spot and maybe they get in a group with Dallas and Philly and Denver all in one group. But I, I think it still preserves that hierarchy and it gives them an advantage. And I also think the extra amount of games will give them the opportunity to prove that they are the better team among all of those teams. I know it's a shortened format, but you control your own destiny in this format too. I mean, you play, you, you control the wins and the losses. And I, I, it's not as, it's not as easy as a path as playing the eighth seed. But you know, when you get to the second round, who knows, maybe you end up playing Orlando instead of the Clippers or Orlando instead of Denver, if Orlando somehow makes it. Like, yeah. Right. I was going to say the other, the other team that is mad about, uh, mad about this format is literally every team in the Eastern conference. Yes. 
<laughs> I know, the Pacers every, are every like, team. yo, 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 yo. Nope, no, no. Sorry, no. We, we, we could ma- like the Pacers. Are like, we are a second round playoff team. If we just chill, we could chill and make the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, but now they like you know they they could be a chill second round team or they could be in the group of death. Yeah. Like it, it, and that's the that's the variable here is that we don't know what happens in a random draw where they put each you know, all the groups in separate pods and then they pick them out of a pod like they do in the World Cup. But, you know, I think that's one way that it preserves the hierarchy without the ability to have fans there because like the Lakers home court advantage, they were like, what, two and a half games, three games behind the Bucks. What happens if they had gone and they could gotten full home court advantage? And you, you know how, the, how big the Lakers are all over the country, not just in L.A. Yeah, global I mean, brand, Exactly advantage against the Clippers at home. I mean, there's so many things that could have been an advantage uh, also for the Bucks being at home, not having to travel, not that it helped them last year against Toronto, but like, I, I'm just saying, I think this is a way to preserve that. And it also gives them, I don't know, more runway, I, I think, than, than the traditional, you know, let's say the Lakers take care of things in four games and then you have, you know, you're afraid of rust or something. And, and I don't know, there are a lot of variables at play, but I think the risk i think you'd take the risk of someone getting in the group of death ultimately you'd take that because the entertainment value of a potential group of death with four really really good teams in one group would be really exciting and i think more exciting than the majority of our first round series over the years and i compared it like we could have a situation where it was like 2014 where we had five game sevens in one game. Yeah, that great first round in 2014. It was so fun. Like every, every, like that could be the whole league, you know, except for maybe one, you could get three fourths of the groups playing games that matter from games one through eight. And I think that that is really attractive to me. And I think also as an entertainment perspective, and I think the group stage preserves the home court for the teams that won't have it. So, I think I agree with you as from a fan perspective and, and someone who vaguely covers the league, although I don't know how much non-podcast coverage I'm going to do if the league comes back in Orlando um, or when it comes back in Orlando. But I here's here is my biggest concern about this style. No matter what happens, if we crown a champion in September or whatever, when we crown a champion at the end of the season, it's going to be a weird champion. It's going to be a, a like I don't like asterisks. I think that's silly. Um, but but it'll be a weird one. We'll say, oh yeah, well that was the bubble the bubble championship. You know, um, is changing the format does that further dilute? Does that make it even weirder? I think that my concern would be that um, you've already it's already going to be strange. And then if you and if you drastically change the format, you've got this doubly strange situation which might further take away from from how we view Giannis Antetokounmpo's first title or LeBron James's fourth or whatever it is how 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 would you respond to that I mean I don't I just don't I just don't agree with it I mean like I I had a great time watching the 1999 NBA playoffs until the Blazers lost you know like I like it was great yeah. like, I was I loved rooting for the Knicks like I loved when the Knicks beat the Miami Heat in the first round like as a cat, as a child, I love that shit. And like, to me, the interest is not lacking from us. The interest is lacking from kids. The interest is lacking from other people that aren't as into the NBA. Yeah. And the NBA's think, problem is always with the, like the hardcores were in it. it the NBA's problem yeah, with everyone else. 
And so, like, this would be a way to kind of get some randomness, get some gambling more into it. Like, I think there's ways. Where oh, you can, so you and, and are it, you are in it to gamble. You want to bet you you're in it to make a little bit of cash on the side here. No, I mean, no, I'm, 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 kidding, I will, I'm kidding. I mean, I'm de- I mean, I'm definitely gonna bet on some games here. I mean, come on. But uh, when they come back, but like, what I'm saying is, is that it's just. You know, I, it, it, it's got to be entertaining no matter what happens. That has to be one of the number one things that has to be the NBA's concern is that they're an entertainment product. And, you know, if we're to believe the, you know, the horror stories about the ratings, that has got to change. So what do you do? And I think to me, this could also globally get more attention because it's a format that a lot of people know. And I don't know. Like, I, I, I just I think that it's a really big opportunity also to have some some quality basketball. And uh, I think also get, making sure that that first round has a lot of games would get more guys warmed up for when we get to a best of seven and it's Lakers Clippers. And these guys aren't just jumping into the fray right away. Yeah, I do think the the most compelling thing for me is the sort of the warm up period, assuming that talent wins out in these things. It's just the randomness of hoop ball makes me worried that talent won't win out and uh i will we will get some sort of unsatisfying when we get to the tournament stage some sort of unsatisfying thing um but you know i also watched the highlight of uh landon donovan scoring against uh algeria today and just imagined it being uh eric gordon hitting a three with you know one second left to knock the clippers out of of the group stage or whatever it is so you know there's a lot of theories too that we can play with, like NCAA style tournament, like crazy theories. Like I already have one cooking up for the Blazers. Okay. The home, the home away from home, away from home. <laughs> Mario Hazonia, Nas Little, and Anthony Simons, bro. Back All in Orlando. Back in Orlando, dude. I'm just saying, Hazonia had like his greatest game ever in Orlando. Yeah, he lives there. I mean, he has a. That's where his like off season home is. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, Blazers. You know, it might be time, but that's probably why the, you know, the Grizzlies and all of them don't want this to happen. Yeah, because they found out that Nazir Little is from suburban from Orlando and they were like, right. <laughs> the 12th man is on the 12th Blazers, 12th man's from Orlando. This, Say what? this 20 year old who's maybe a good NBA player in his future is from suburban Orlando. Stop. Stop this. Cancel. Yeah, get it out of here. And Fernie Simons, who had the like, who literally had the worst real plus minus in the league. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) arguably the worst shooting guard in the NBA. Wait, he's from outside of Orlando too. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, listen, there's a lot of reasons why why the league wants to keep the Blazers out. Sacramento, I want Sacramento in the fucking playoffs. It's been 13 years. Yeah, but is this the playoffs? Like, what? If it is, it is, it is. If the NBA says it is, that's my ruling is that like, if the rules deem it the playoffs, then it's the playoffs. And we don't like, I mean, sure. I bet the Lakers were pissed when they didn't win in 1999, but they won in 2000 and they got, they fired their coach. They got their shit together. They probably wouldn't have won in 1999. Right. And they won 2000. You know what I mean? Like, like it shit happens all the time. And I think injuries happen every year. I mean, to me, it's no different. It's just, I mean, it is a, it, the, the trappings are different, but the, the things that are, you know, drawing back from the eventual champion and the, the variables that are involved are still going to, are still kind of similar, even though they look different. All right. Well, you haven't convinced me, but you have made a compelling case. And for that, I appreciate you. Uh, we'll let you get out of here. Thanks so much for giving us a little bit of your time. We really appreciate it. Where can people find more of your stuff? Yeah, hit me up at Eric underscore Gunderson on Twitter, E-R-I-K underscore G-U-N-D-E-R-S-E-N on Instagram at Eric G503. 
You can read my stuff at lebronwire.usatoday.com, and I have a new podcast called Feel Free to Comment with Sean Hyken. Uh, we're doing uh, recaps of the LeBron James-produced stars show, Survivor's Remorse. So go check that out wherever you get your pods. That was a professional plug. You're a man who's done a plug before. That was very well done. Boom. I, 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 hey, got to, got to practice a lot. Seriously. Tell your friends about this podcast. They can get it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Locked on Blazers. We'll be there waiting for you. Do it. Appreciate everyone listening. Talk to you soon.